Hey everybody, welcome to the Shot Clock Podcast with me, Jago. Today I sit down with a stalwart of the women's game, a legend in my eyes, um, somebody I used to love watch playing. I used to go and watch her in the Obla Hall way back when. Um, it's Waterford Wildcats, Super League head coach, former player, or senior assistant coach, Gillian Hayes. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. No problem. No problem at all. Um, look, I start every kind of podcast with the same thing, but the world is changing. So now it's no longer how did COVID affect you? Now it's what are you looking forward to now that we're on the way to the light at the end of the tunnel? Well, COVID has been affecting everybody. So, and it's unfortunately, it's still affecting us. Uh, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like I'm back with the Irish senior women's team for the last three weeks, which has been just great. The first time up on the M50, such a novelty. Like, I mean, imagine by the end of uh, last year, I was so, so tired from driving up and down Cork, Dublin every weekend. And next, suddenly it's a treat to get in a car and drive to Dublin. But uh, look, it was fabulous. I was standing on the sideline, just in my element, watching the senior women's back training. Um, so it was great to get back on the court. And at the moment, we're our own club, we're just trying to get back our young kids for the minute, trying to get everything up and going. But it's hard and it's all weather dependent at the moment, which is really, we're in the wrong country. Absolutely. We need sunshine. Absolutely. We spoke off camera, um, the difficulties that clubs are having with outdoor courts. So if anybody's tuning in who can, you know, get us grants or get us access to car parks or schools or whatever, let's try and get as many kids back on the court as soon as possible. Would you, would you agree? 100% or anybody would like to buy Wildcats an outdoor court, I'll take it off them. Well, that's Sponsor. the other thing. Yeah, there might be somebody listening that just happens to have 20 grand and could just buy us an, out an outdoor court at the moment. But um, look, we're trying to do our best at the moment, but the facilities just, well, they're not there in Waterford, but um, we are literally using car parks of um, a school and we have great relationships with the school. So like, we're really lucky that they can give us and help us out but definitely we could do with some better facilities basketball Ireland you need to invest in the grassroots levels just like GAA and soccer did and look how successful they got we're already you... producing superstars without grassroots level investment the first... I, think you could, I think you could see at the start of lockdown go ahead Gillian go ahead sorry it's jumping there on me I was going to say, uh, you could see in lockdown, like the minute you could see an outdoor court, like there's people who are never playing basketball and they balls in their hand just because they're outdoor. And you go on holidays and you see all these courts, like, you know, as you're driving around holidays and kids out playing on them, you know, I think it is the future that people are so used to being outdoors now. It's probably the one thing COVID has brought to us is getting outdoors more. It would be fabulous to see more facilities around the country. Yes, the price of land is so, so expensive. Like, we're very lucky up here. I'm, I'm coaching with Fairhouse. We've access to two schools, our Educate Together school and School Trasso up here. And the Educate Together, we're trying to get a secondary school built. And even they were turned down for planning permission, just with the price of land. So I can imagine, like, who's going to donate a basketball court to us? That's the big question. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Look, we'll move on because we could be here all night giving out about stuff like this. So 
You've been playing with Waterford since your under 12 days. But who, what, or why inspired you to hoop for the first time? Only a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I started playing when I was about 12, a long, long time ago. Um, my neighbours at the time were um, Melanie and Joanne Keating would have played for Wildcats and Paddy Keating. Um, so they were my next door neighbours. They were always going around with a ball in their hand and I used to follow them everywhere. So that's where the interest started. Then I went to the Mercy um, Secondary School and my French teacher at the time was um, Miss Evelyn Hearn, um, who unfortunately has passed away. But like, I mean, if you want a role model or someone who has affected your life in a positive way, you know, the way everyone says there's some teacher out there that did something for someone I feel like she did so much for loads of us um I think a lot of the Wildcats would remember her very fondly really tough woman but oh my god she developed the love I have of basketball still to this day through her and tough on us but very fair the one thing you'd learn from her is you know everything she did was to make us better and we learned that lesson from her you know there's no agendas here. She's not shouting at you for the sake of shouting at you, shouting at you to make you better. And that was our goal all the time. And she succeeded. She she would have developed an awful lot of internationals the whole way through our club. You know, we started with her. So um, she would have taught us a lot. So definitely that's where I started my basketball career through. And now having transitioned to coaching um, and that love of the game, as you said, it's still there. But harnessing the next generation, how do you feel like, you know, how, how do we make them love the game the way we love the game? Is, is there a, a quick fix? Uh, it's a hard question because I think a lot of kids, like there's a lot of really good talent out there and there's a lot of really good kids. And like, um, see, I have a lot of involvement in or watching with senior Irish teams and all the underage because my own kids are involved as there's a lot of kids 100% into basketball, like we were, you know, and then there's a lot of kids that just, they want it, they want to say it, but they don't want to do the work to get there. So, you know, it, I think the generation growing up, it's like, you know, I want this and they get It's a lot of lessons that can be learned for them, but hopefully they'll get it and hopefully in, 30 years time someone else will be doing a podcast with them yeah and they'll be saying the maybe your kid maybe your kids will be yeah, interviewing maybe. mine well jesus that would be fantastic and somebody be sitting here going well the reason i played basketball was Gillian hayes because just after covid we were on an outdoor court in waterford and here i am still <laughs> playing <laughs> so over the years yeah. with wildcats um you played with some absolute greats over the years, but who's been your favourite teammate and why? And I'm sure there'll be a few upset people after this answer. Uh, <laughs> I, I could probably start naming teammates and just keep going because, I mean, I played with the Irish... Well, well, Wildcats was one thing, but then I played with so many great players with Irish teams. Like, I was starting on Irish teams when I was... Irish senior team, sorry, with maybe 17 and all the girls were so much older but so good to me I played with great players there like um and then all the way to the end when I was retiring Susan Moran was taken over so 
I left the captaincy, so it was more and took over the captaincy, the Irish senior team. So like there was a nearly 10, 10 years of um, playing with different players throughout the time. But I like for Irish teams, players that really stood out to me would be Karen Hennessy. Like Karen would have been captain of the Irish senior women's team. And like what a captain she was at the time. Great player on the court, but was so good to all of us. She mixed the young and the old with us and she was so good to everyone, everyone. Karen's just a really good person. And again, another person still involved in basketball and yeah, coaching. She's up with Meteors now, isn't um, she? Yeah, yeah, Karen's with Meteors, but um, she would have been captain of the Irish senior women's team for a long time while I was playing. Um, loved playing with Suzanne McGuire. Suzanne then was, she'll hate this, but she's around my age. So uh, she thinks she's a lot younger than me, but she's not. Uh, but I loved playing with her and Emer and all that kind of gang, that age group. And then at the very end of me playing, I was playing with Michelle Fahey, one of my favourite players to watch, Susan Morin. Um, so all the younger age group, um, Neve Dwyer and them, they were all coming through when I was leaving. So I kind of played with a huge span. Like one of my first memories would have been Morin Elaine. I don't know if you ever remember Morin Elaine down in Tralee would have been coaching them but she would have been the first captain of an Irish team when I was only 17 and she was ending and then when I was handing over the baton it was Susan Moran was taking on and I was leaving like so Amazing. you know just throughout the time I would have had loads club wise um like Trish Nolan and Mary Fitzpatrick were two players that did an awful lot of the donkey work on our team and like real good role player like Trish was a great player could shoot the tree and play inside but you know Trish's job half the time with Jerry was saying to her just go screen get Jillian open like I mean I don't I don't think today's coaching would work like that because um I would say a lot of players would have a lot of problems with that but back then you just had your role and their role was go set a good screen and the play developed off that and they you know they just took their roles did their roles like Mary fits that screen on you you weren't moving like you know so um and Trish the same but my I always pick one so of all of them and I have loads more to name there I probably missed half them um Christine Kylie would have been at the time my best friend but she was a point guard and I learned a lot of lessons from coaches over the years that if you're a coast player and you want the ball your point guard better be your best friend. Absolutely. And Chris was mine on the court, off the court. And like even coming up the floor, I'd be trailing, whisper something in her ear and we're off like, you know, so she would have been one of my favorite players to play with over the years. But I mean, all the girls I played with in Wildcats were all my favorite players really. But I definitely had a click with Christine that um, definitely paid off for me. Excellent, excellent. Here's a question as a coach now, and just mention that role, you know, role players. Obviously, you've watched The Last Dance, I think the whole world has at this stage. And just seeing yeah. the role... Thank that, God for it in the middle oh, of COVID. Unbelievable, unbelievable. It was great. Couldn't have been released at a better time. But looking at, like, Dennis Rodman, who, quintessential head case, but, yeah. what, a, but what a role player. I always say to my team, if you can embrace your role and do your role to the best of your ability, we will be a hard team to beat. Would you agree with that? And do you think that more people need to kind of diversify and and, and know their line and, and stick to their role? 
hundred percent, I think great teams all can't, you can't have five people who want to score. Well, if you could have five people out there wanting to score 30 points, that would be a great team. But there are roles on a team. And like equally number 12, 30, you know, number 10, 11, 12 have a role on a team. It's just unfortunately nowadays, a lot of people don't want those roles. You know, they just want to be um, the number one or two, but a team won't survive unless you have people um, doing their role. So it's a huge part of the game. You know, at the same time, you don't want to be pigeonholed into a specific role to develop yourself as a player. But once you've done everything you can, it's all about whatever role you can do for the team at that particular time. And that changes all the time. So you could be specific role you can see it with international so at club level you're a certain role international you could have a completely different role because you're with the best 12 in the whole country mm -hmm. and sometimes it's very hard for players to accept that role you know so um but that makes a good player like you know off the court as well as on the court you have to be able to adapt absolutely Absolutely. Great advice as well for, for anybody who's listening. If you if you can go and, and prove to your coach that you can do that role to the best of your ability, that you, you'll get picked every time. You know what I mean? You're not 100%. going to be left behind because you can't be left behind. But that's why often players don't understand why they don't get picked on teams. You know, whereas a coach is looking for something different than they are. They're saying, I scored and I did this and they're like, I have that covered. I need someone to go get me a few rebounds or I need someone to go set a good screen or play defense, which has kind of gone out the window a little bit. So, uh, you know, stuff like that can can get you a, a place on a team. But as I said, sometimes, unfortunately, players aren't prepared for those roles. So I was lucky to be surrounded with players that were happy to be doing that. And, and leaving all the scoring up to you. I was quite happy to do that too. <laughs> That was my favourite part of the game. Absolutely. Look, it's everybody's favourite part of the game. You know what I mean? Like being, being realistic, but you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, you don't say that out loud. I just did, but um, <laughs> definitely my favourite part of the game. So over the years, you played against some of the greats in the Irish League. Um, for me, Irish women's basketball during your era was probably at its strongest you know, as regards, we, we talk about the golden age all the time as regards men's basketball, but I think like late 80s through the 90s, women's basketball was absolutely fantastic over here. So who was the toughest person you had to guard? And then on the flip side, who was the one person you hated going up against? Uh, I think I'd probably give you the bloody same answers now as Katrina White was, but like, <laughs> Mary Fitzpatrick, for anyone who would remember back in that era, era was the toughest player that you could come against. Hard-nosed. Hard-nosed. Mary, kill you. Just kill you. So we trained with Mary every, every single night of training. Equally, all of us were as bad as each other. Well, not as good as each other, I should say. Not as bad as each other, but uh, we would all kill you training. So if you're training like that, there should be no difference. And like sometimes games are way easier um, than training was. And that's just the way our training was. I remember Kathy Kavanagh, who plays for Wildcats at the moment, she was only a kid, 16. And she remembers said, I remember coming in and looking at you and you were boxing the heads off each other. Like, you know, it was like pin each other, post up. And she was like, I couldn't believe the physicality at training. Um, but 
that's the way it just was like and was, we yeah. all know we just wouldn't accept anything less like I remember poor Mary Fitzpatrick she was pregnant and she was like I was like I'm not going up against her and she was like you play me and I was like I am not like you're pregnant you know and I was like get off the court Mary and she was really offended like that we wouldn't go hard against her you know that was just the mentality like crazy mentality when you look back on it yeah. but you know um that's just the way we were brought up was like play hard training has to be as hard as the game and there's you know nothing went easy so I mean we had Mary like Katrina Katrina Killia like so we, all of us would have been playing strong defense against each other so I do remember though coming up I was only a young kid at the time coming up against Blarney and Blarney had like three forwards um, and Marla Moppin like I just to my, this was the one American that was in the country at the time she was as big wide as she was tall so you know for like I'm only 5'10 5'11 but back then I was actually tall which my kids can't believe like I was a big post player in Ireland back then don't know whatever has changed the height of the you know the generation at the moment has definitely uh, they've got taller but a 510 going in against a big Marlon up and like would have probably been one of the toughest um opponents I came up but um I don't know Eilish and Lara would you remember Eilish and Lara yeah, yeah yeah Eilish was tough out now as well Denise Scally um when you played Talca you had Denise in the post like uh, Sharon Kelly um you know, all of Rachel Kelly, Suzanne, they'd be, they wouldn't even double team you. They'd bloody send the whole four of them down to mug you like in the post. But uh, yeah, so like a, a lot of really good players, um, tough players we would have come against. But I do think that if your training session is like that, you just, you know, that's just the game then is just great fun to go out and play then. So I heard a quote during the first lockdown the only difference between training and a game is what you wear. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely, I love that. What a great quote. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that is. Working that hard at training, you go to a game, it's like, oh, grand, like, like you, you're not Mark and Mary Fitz. So whoever you're coming up against isn't going to play you that hard. So it's an easy assignment for you. It's like, this is great. <laughs> Nothing to worry yeah. about now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to rob that. <laughs> yeah, you can have that one for free. <laughs> so over the years, um, any superstitions or pre-game routines that you, you got involved in? Did you lace your left boot first, wear your favorite school shorts or anything weird and wonderful? I'm after hearing this a few times on your podcast, but mine was absolutely, I had to put in the last shot before we came in. So Elaine, like we'd be Elaine all warming Scully. up. <laughs> be all warming up. And I had the ball and the, I didn't care if the referee was blown while he was blown. I was putting the ball in the basket just under the post. I'd go in, put in a few. So I was the last person to score that ball, give him the match ball, and then we'll go play. Just stupid superstition. But it's again, it's just put the ball in the basket. You know, that was in your head, put the ball in the basket. And then the other superstition I would have had was when you're putting your hands like for high five or for shout wildcats, my hand had to be on top. So it was always like the team would put their hands in and my hand to go on top Wildcats. Um, but then a few times when I made Irish squads, you'd see it was obviously someone else's superstition too. Cause so we'd be like this, we go like, 
like, my hand's going on top. I was like, my hand's going on top here. Yes, just go play. Like just silly little things, but you know, that was really it. Everything else was like, as you said, there's no difference here, only the gear that we're playing in and just go play. And like it affects so many players like mentally that, you know, they psych their stuff out of games. I really never had that. I loved playing. Even, you know, you see people like in the cup in the arena, it's a new venue, it's a new thing. Just go play. Like, this is what you, this is what you train for. Well, that's, so. there, there's the thing. It is what you train for. You work hard all year to get to that one game. And then you walk in, it's like, you heard all the stories. You know, the, the rings in the arena are tighter than normal. The court, this is wrong. This, if you go down a certain way, the light on the left-hand side will catch it. In the other. And as you're walking in, you're looking for all these things. I wouldn't listen to any of that. <laughs> I would not listen. And I wouldn't listen to anyone telling me that. I was like, that basket is the same for the opposition as it is for us. That light is the same for the opposition as it is for us. Just go play, you know, and enjoy it. Except when you came you're up against... Old, you're you're you old like us one day and you can't play, so... That's it. It's, well, you came up against Nave Weir and you're in the Obla Hall and they knew every dead spot. That was the only thing. You'd see them shepherding you and you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> the ball's oh, gone dead. Now I know what's going on here. <laughs> so, the same in uh, Procule Hall. There's oh, many dead floor spots all around. You're taking a free throw and the ball's gone down dead. But Look, we're, we've, we've slightly better halls now. <laughs> yeah. not, not so many better car parks, though. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> There's still great venues to play in. I'm down in Procule Hall most of the time with the younger or underage Wildcats. And it's still like as busy every Saturday, all day, Sunday. Like it's fabulous to see. It's great that it's coming back again. I think there's going to be a huge resurgence in basketball now having post lockdown. I think we're going to be inundated with new players. I really do. I think it's fantastic. I hope so. I, I have a bit of a fear that like some of the kids say a 14 kind of finished and now when they come back they're sick they're under 16s now you know and they're are there 18s 16s leaving and now they're coming back as seniors you know a fear for that particular age group the younger age group will just get on with this but um i hope we can make exceptions for that particular age group that fall out of basketball anyway you know we need to keep them involved now and you're going to expect so much more for them because you're like you're the under 18s like haven't played in two years like yeah yeah, it's, oh, it's sad. It's like, I've, I've lost four players already and we're only back three weeks. And like that, it's like, oh, with the distance and like they haven't seen their team in two, a year and a half, so they don't feel like they can come back. And like, as, you're a big advocate for the 20 by 20 program when it was running. You know, we're trying to keep young girls in the sport anyway. And then with the added pressure of COVID, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's a really tough time for them mentally as well as, you know, getting back physically into playing. Yeah, but I think I think now is the time they actually need sport more than anything. Like mentally, you know, to feel good about yourself, you need sport. The one thing always like kept me going was sport made me feel good. You know, other things mightn't make you feel good. Sport made me feel good. So mentally, it's great for you. Was that your happy place? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I only went to school so I could go to the gym afterwards. Yeah, that, that's a brave admission. I was exactly the same. I was like, right, when can I get when can I get to the basketball? Like, 
What's it your day? Who are we playing today? We were in the gym at lunchtime. We could, if we bathroom door and knock and saying, All right, can you take us for extra training today, Miss? You know, <laughs> but we we just had nothing else. We were happy to play every single day. If there was training five days a week, we were there Monday to Friday after school, whereas you know, it's just not Simpl- like that. Simpler now. times, like it's not that long ago. You know what I mean? But they were it's just quite a bit away. <laughs> they were simpler times though. That was that was our go-to. It was like, you know, like I, I remember saying to my nephew, you know, I'm older than YouTube. And he was like, What? What did, <laughs> what did you watch? Like, what did you watch? What did you do? How did you? I was like, there was none of that. It's just that just wasn't a thing. Like, you know, we we played sport. He's like, Oh, don't yeah. believe you're older than YouTube. That's mad. I'm like, Jesus Christ, not that old. <laughs> You're so, I know, yeah. Jesus, it's it's only when you're sitting talking doing these things you realize just how many many years ago it was that you you know certain memories and certain games. You're like, Jesus, was that 25 years ago? I know. Painful. So, if you could phone any company in the world and ask them for a Gillian Hayes model sneaker, what would it be? What was your go-to shoe over the years? Um, I didn't really have a particular shoe, just a particular brand. And my brand was always Nike. Like I just had had Nikes no matter what every year. My grandmother used to buy me a new pair of runners for my birthday every year. Every October I got my new pair of Nikes. Did me for a whole season. I think at the moment I'm buying my children about three pairs a season. But uh, back then it was one pair, October. Had to do you for the whole year. And then by the end of the season they'd be getting a bit bad but then you'd wear them on the outdoor court for the whole summer absolutely no soles on them by the time september would come back again and then you're next for your next pair but didn't have a particular type it was just brown loved was the same he was he was nike air didn't didn't care what one it was that once, yeah. once i had that magical name on the side he was like there you go that's the only one i want and I always had to wear, I could hear loads of people saying, you know, the low cuts, like I always had to have high. I just had my ankles strapped in there. Just, there's no chance I'm getting injured here. Just give me high boots and I'm off to play. <laughs> They're harder to get now. Everything's a low cut. Everything. It's, yeah. it scares me. Cause yeah, I like that. I'm like, she's like work in the morning. <laughs> 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 it wasn't like back in the day, you play four games in a weekend and, and you know, yeah. bounce into school on Monday morning for a skill game. Those, those days are long gone. So giving four runners going to a pickup game. It can be people you've played with or people you wished you played with. Like your, your go-to of who you played with could probably take most teams now. So you and four, who are we taking to the gym? Oh, like Wildcats wise, like I played with Michelle Aspel, Trish Nolan, I was saying earlier, Katrina White, Mary Fitz, Michelle McGuire, um, Carmel Ksan, Orla Dempsey, I could keep naming, or Olivia O'Reilly. I'm sure I'm missing some there now, but um, at the minute of COVID, I'd gladly go to on a court with any four of them, like at the moment, you know. And then Irish-wise, like as saying before, Suzanne Fahey, Susan Moran, another player I never mentioned, June, June Blount loved June Blount like we were we were enemies 
like killed each other on the court and then the minute we played on the Irish team we just became best friends like um and it's funny now is her daughter's on an Irish team squad with my daughter so it's uh just great going back sharing memories like I was in the attic there one day and I was taking photographs and I was like remember this and now like here we are I was going to say 20 years later, but I think it's a few more than that. Um, <laughs> sharing photographs with our both our kids now playing on Irish teams, you know. So, um, but I think um, Scally had it uh, sussed there when she went with some of the young ones, because you know what, if I brought any of them on the court, none of us be able to run up and down the court anymore. So um, yeah, Scally, she, had, I can't remember exactly, but she had she Dana, Dana she? and Claire Claire Rockall. It was look, Claire Rockall, yeah. I've been putting this team onto Instagram for the last five weeks, so I actually know Scally's team off by heart. So it's Dana Finn, <laughs> Claire Rockall, Scally, Suzanne McGuire, and Emer Howard. <laughs> you do know it off. I just I'm remember sure. listening to her, and I was there going, "That's a smart move going with some of the young ones." But I would have thought that this. Uh, podcast was about back in our time. Oh yeah, know, but, but Scally, Scally makes up her own rules anyway. <laughs> I make up my own rules, so then if she cannot have uh, Dana, Adele Thornton on the point guard, Adele, uh, Dana on the wing, uh, Claire Melia and um, Ra- <laughs> um, Rachel H in the post, so we'll go with Tommy's nearly under 20 Irish team that won the European. I won't have to run up the floor, I can just stand there then if that's the case. Look, up until this point, I would have said to you, it's going to be you against Scally in the next game. But I actually, at the minute, as we're recording this, Dave Donnelly's team has taken a very slender lead over Scally's team. So I don't know who you're going to be playing against. And is it um, is his team all young ones or old? So Dave went all family. So he went James Donnelly, Emmett Donnelly, himself, Carl Donnelly and Jermaine Turner. <laughs> you see... I think you should be there should be a specific category or age put on these because <laughs> all, all Tommy's under 18 team like I mean I had great joy watching that in the arena that I was going to say two years ago but it's definitely more than two years now but years um, like just fantastic atmosphere there and to watch these young kids come up and they're a super squad coming up so all those young kids um, but I think for your four to go has to be our own kind of I'll go with my own age group of well kind of my own age group with go with June Blount right because June could shoot the ball June could play defense there was no one getting past June and if they did then you already got a dig like you were winded if you went past her um Susan Warren Michelle Fahey again I think one of the best passers of the ball that came in on the women's uh, squad and uh, Suzanne McGuire. That's a fairly. Uh, it's a decent. And then I'll take the last spot. That's a, that's a decent fight. But I'm I'm no good to anyone at the moment. Look, we'll take it in your prime, Gillian. That's that's the way we've we've worked. It was just you in your prime. <laughs> yeah. So switching gears. Yeah, geez, I'd love to. I'd love to be able to re- rewind time and get get those years back. It's only yeah, now you really too. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So switching switching lines a bit. Top five musical acts of all time. Who are your go-to go-to listens? Um, back then, now we're not going right. Oh, we're, gonna go back, okay. been, we're going with back then. 
back then I was always listening to Fleetwood Mac. Loved, loved, loved Fleetwood Mac. Um, Beautiful South. Oh. Really weird choices, don't oh, I? Paul Heaton is amazing. I love the Beautiful South. Love them. Oh, I love them. I've seen them in concert so many times. Back back then, as you said, back in the day. Um, loved. Oh my God, I can't think now at the moment. Uh, I also loved the Eagles. Crazy. Uh, loved Paul Simon. Oh. Gillian Hayes, you are pulling out all the stops today, I tell you. You like these now or you don't? Love them. One of them. Graceland is one of the best albums ever, uh, ever released. I love it. I absolutely see, I just, I get a phase of I have Paul Simon in the car and I'm playing him for about three years. Like, I don't take the CD out of the car and like drive everyone who gets in the car with me absolutely crazy. I, but I, I would, they're, they're, these are just albums I would always go back to. And the other one I always loved as well was Shania Twain. Loved her. Yeah, you had me up until that point. Yeah, you don't want her. I'm out. But, um, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I also equally loved everything that was in the charts back then. Like I was always on the minute the game was over, we'd go out and I was on the dance floor from the minute I went in there till the minute the club was closed, like till you were thrown out. <laughs> I was on the dance floor for every bit. The minute the game was over, you think you're so sore, you can't take one more step. And then you see an hour later and you're bopping on a floor like <laughs> you haven't done any game, you haven't played any game. So you're the DJ, we're warming up. What are the three songs we warm up to before tip off? I can't even pick three songs, right? But every time, everything in the charts at the time, whatever was on the charts at the time, I was singing a plane when I was warming up. But the Which one is song this has come across, and it's still, if you came into the Mercy on a Saturday night, The Eye of the Tiger is on still. Everybody. 30 years later, this song comes on, but my first memory of it would have been um, playing... My first time ever playing for the Irish under 15 team. I just made the team. It was on a Neptune Stadium. First time going down, we're walking around Neptune Stadium. Absolutely packed. You know, when you were allowed actually back in the time, put people practically to the sideline. On the sideline, yeah. And on the sideline, you like if you inbound the ball, you had to ask somebody to move away so you could inbound the ball. Um, but yeah, I remember um we were the Irish under 15 team, my first time playing, and we walked around, had to parade around and the eye of the tiger is playing and I was just the tears were just flowing down my face of just how proud you are to have an Irish jersey on you and that song has stayed in my head and still does every time it warms up that's the memory I have of it but I'm just going to go with one song because I can't remember my mate my brain has gone to remember any other song back then look you went with the probably the best one ever anyway you know what I mean like that yeah. Everybody, I think everybody's picked it. Every every single person has gone, Eye the Tiger. Like, you have to. It's just yeah. one of those songs. I think Ricardo. it just has different different memories for different people. And like I said, Ricardo Leonard is like, you know, Tiger or Trilly Tigers. It meant something to them. We were Wildcats. It meant something to us. But it meant something to me with the Irish jersey at the time. That was yeah. what kind of I just remembered. There's nothing like... I love it. There's, there's, there's nothing like, like you were lucky you played in Neptune, which you were under 15 Irish team. 
I played in the arena. I think it was, I think the arena was only a year or two old when we played. And like that, the Friday night, it was the, I want to say the 10th of April, 1993. You have some memory. <laughs> and we played, was it 93? Yeah, we played, and we played England in the first game. But like that, the place was packed. Yeah. Jammed. And you could feel, you could feel the crowd. And like that, our Ronnie Veen came on, we're all facing the flag, and I'm standing there going, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and still to I this day, like, I, every time oh. the National Anthem plays, it brings me to that day, to that minute. And like straight away, I can feel myself welling up, and I'm like, don't, don't. You're a grown man now. You're fine, you're fine. Like, I was like, but it just, it takes me right back to that exact minute. And it was, it was looking down at the English team as well. I was like, coming for you. And, and our game in, um, well, the game I was talking about under 15, my first one was against England too. You know, so packed Neptune Stadium, plain uh, England. And it is, but like, even back to Tommy's um, under 18 team playing in the arena minute the national anthem came on there i was choked like again you know but it is that pride of putting on an irish jersey and that you know oh it's just unbelievable feeling yeah and nobody can ever take it away from you that's what i love you know what i mean it's like now i have my moment (laughs) when you have yours right up behind you plastered on the wall absolutely absolutely when you walk into my house as soon as you come into the sitting room that's the first thing you see that's like great. That, like, mine are all, mine are all up in the attic. Actually, years ago, we never got to keep them. We had to pass them on to the next team. I think I borrowed that one. <laughs> I say so, yeah. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Basketball learned if you're looking for yeah. it back, no problem. <laughs> so what advice, Gillian, now that you've, you've come through a couple of seasons as, as a player and a coach, and as you said, you've got your own kids involved in the Irish programme now, and being involved with the Irish seniors, what advice would you give to a 16-year-old Gillian if she was sitting in front of you right now? 16-year-old me would be... um, I think the kids are better these days at um, kind of learning all positions, but back when we were playing, I was a post, and that was your position, and that's what you learnt. So at 16, I would sit down, Gillian, and say, go make yourself a better all-around player. You know, don't pigeonhole yourself into one um, position on the court. And like, who knows at 15, 16, you could get another growth spurt. You mightn't grow. You know, some kids are really tall when they're younger. And I was always quite tall when I was younger. But then I went away to play under 19 Europeans one year. And we had great three-point shooters like on the team. And we couldn't get a shot off. So next the coach is saying, well, you've six foot three marking you. You come out because six foot three won't come out and play defense on you. And suddenly I'm out in the three point line. I can't shoot a three pointer. And I learned that at the age of 18 or 19, which is, you know, far too old to like to be picking up those skills. And um, so 16 year old, I would say, just learn all areas of the game. Go develop every area you can be. You know, there's times we played internationally when, um, again, like I was, the post and I was asked to bring up the ball point you know point guards under too much pressure and post has to dribble up the ball so I would just say any kid is 16 and definitely when I was 16 I would say go develop all areas of your game and don't leave anyone pigeonhole you into one position 
um, and make the most, the most important thing. If I could go back, I would just take photos. I would get a map of the world and pinpoint everywhere I've been. Cause I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone like what you achieved or what you did all through your career. Like we'd fabulous trips, like all over the world. I can't remember half the places I was because I was just in a gym somewhere. It could have been in Dublin, like, you know, but um, I think all the memories that you make back then, cherish them because unfortunately you get old very quickly and they're, they're all gone. Yeah, your seasons, your seasons diminish very quickly, and and those times you'll never get them back. But like, yeah, I'd I'd love a scrapbook. That's that's the one thing I would have loved is you know newspaper cuttings and stuff like that that we we just didn't do. Um, my coach at the time when I made the Irish under fifteen team made me make a scrapbook, so I made a scrapbook of the Irish under fifteen team and the Irish under seventeen team, and then I didn't like, and then I went playing with the 19s and well at the time it was 15 17s 19s and then seniors but like I said been all over the world playing basketball and I, I couldn't tell you what countries I've been what teams I've played against I have to ring Kieran Shannon to remind me of what I achieved back then because he has it all written down and he's like you can't remember any of this and I was like I just remember losing so many cups you know the that's the memory I have, which is not a good thing when you've achieved so much as go remember, the, like I remember obviously the good times, but the stuff goes on in your head that you remember losing all these things. So I think it's good for people to remember them. Make, well, actually the kids these days won't have to worry because they're social media. They have all their photos you know, you know, on YouTube, YouTube forever. <laughs> <laughs> so they won't have to worry. So, um, but I, I'm sorry, I didn't do more of that especially when you go back to the masters and here you are with girls that you played with years ago and like we've great fun sometimes just you know i find a photo in the attic and i'll send it to them and they're like where did you dig this up at jillian but i was like i'm sorry i don't have more of them or you know yeah, but i'm the same all, all my so photos fun. are still, still in mommy's attic I, I need to go and raid raid mommy's every like that every now and again she'll find something and i'll drop in for a coffee and she go check this picture out. And I'm like, oh my God, straight away. Like our Irish team, we're still, we're in a WhatsApp group, our Irish under uh, 19 team are still in the WhatsApp group. Together. Brilliant. Oh uh, yeah. But like, like that, I, we said we go for a point and then uh, the dubs drew. So the week we were supposed to go and do it, Jay Sherlock was involved with the dubs. So Jay couldn't go. So we said, right, sure, we'll wait. We'll postpone till after the dubs win their sixth in a row. And then COVID hit, and that was it. <laughs> so we're still waiting to get out for a point together. <laughs> but yeah, look. I'll make it more special when you get there. That's it. it. It is. It's one of them where we're going, oh, just just one more point together. It, that'll do me. Just sit in a field somewhere. It wouldn't even bother me at this stage. So second last question, Gillian, believe it or not. And then COVID hit, and that was it. <laughs> so we're still waiting to get out for a point together. <laughs> but yeah, look. I'll make it more special when you get there. That's it. it. It is. It's one of them where we're going, oh, just just one more point together. It, that'll do me. Just sit in the field somewhere. It wouldn't even bother me at this stage. So second last question, Gillian, believe it or not. Dead or alive, five dinner guests you'd invite to dinner to your house. Friends, family are famous. The choice is yours. Now that COVID is starting to lift, who would you like to have around your dinner table? 
Um, look, I loved basketball back then, like huge, huge Michael Jordan fan, loved Magic Johnson, loved Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, all that, like huge fans. But I think like, even when you were talking about earlier with the 2020 campaign and all that, I wouldn't be doing women justice if I didn't have five women at my table. So I'm going with, I'm reading a book at the moment actually, Kelly McCabe gave me is uh, Pat Summit's book. Um, what a coach. Like what a coach is right. And just even, I love all that kind of stuff is their mentality and thinking what they're passing on to the next generation and I think you'd have some great great conversations with her and she has some stories in that book that's what you should start doing as taking a book of all these stories Jesus, um <laughs> it's too much like hard work <laughs> uh when I was growing up I absolutely loved Rebecca Lobo um Lisa Leslie at the time those girls just we were actually we went to the world student games with um, you want to say 1991 maybe Sheffield it was on in and uh, we played again first game actually the Irish men's team the first game was America Irish women's team first game was America it's just like some memory that you'll always have that but um, Lisa Leslie was I, I got to go in a jump ball with her look up at her and like she was towering over me and at the time she was a model as well so she yeah. was like absolutely gorgeous wow. six foot something could play like um and it was only afterwards recently we were looking at it and uh Dawn Staley was on that team as well so we played oh, against hey. those girls and now you're watching them on telly on the WNBA doing commentary or coaching in the college's finals and stuff so mad to think that back then we were playing against these um we didn't know like so and the other person actually at the time Jerry Fitz went in and asked the American coach to come in and talk to us and like we thought we were as fit as we could be and um do you know Tara Vanderveer she's coached the yeah so like she's famous now at the moment but um back then I didn't know who she was she just came in and said to us as an Irish team the least you could do is turn up fit we were all just like wow okay wow. we thought like we were after we were after doing this 100 hours of um getting fit so it was 100 hours of fitness and you colored in a basketball every time you did the hour of fitness and then we had her come in and tell us the least you could do was turn up being fit and we thought we were super but she's another one i would love to get into her mind so i've her rebecca lobo pat summit um favorite player sue bird and Brianna Stewart. Love Brianna Stewart. What? So unbelievable. I'm bringing them five women for dinner and I'm going to have talk basketball for the night and see so what happens. Following on from that, are you are you cooking for them or are we getting a nice little takeaway from down the street? What's what way is this going to go? Anybody who knows me or has been away with me, I am the worst eater that ever was. Like I'm like <laughs> Steak and chips and chicken and chips or potatoes. I'm just, I'd say every manager on every Irish team cursed me when I went away because all you got was pasta, 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 and I don't eat pasta. So they'd have to sneak me off for a McDonald's or something just to try to get me food in my system so I could go play. <laughs> so I'm really not a good advertisement for, uh, um, for nutrition, but um, yeah, I think we'll have just uh, steak and chips. You, you can't and someone else can cook it. Someone you can't else go wrong can with cook steak it. And chips. 
can't go wrong with yeah. steak. It's always a solid pick anyway. So we've reached the uh, reached the last question. So firstly, thanks a million for giving up your time. I know we were trying to we've been trying to do this for about six months. It feels. <laughs> I know. Well, when you did ask, we were in the middle of lockdown. I was like, I've loads of time, but yeah. now we're all back to work. We're all and... back to work again. I know it's crazy. Well, look, thanks a million. Yeah. Um, enjoy getting back on the court with the seniors. Enjoy the kids uh, back playing. And hopefully we have a National League season and, and I'll get to come and watch you coach as well. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. Look, I feel very optimistic about the season, to be honest with you. Like, I, I think we need it. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think we it will. very happen. optimistic last year too, though. No, Jesus. I, I, like, I, I geared up for the season. I was like, this is it's me last year. Done now. And, and here we are. On, yeah. on another go around of, right, this is me last season. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you should play until you can't play anymore. I really do. I don't know. I don't know. The old body, the body might fight you on that one. That's that's the big thing. It's the knees in the in the morning. Look, we're all we're all we're all in the same boat. That's the. Th- I, I know well about the knees and the aches and pains and the feeling a hundred. But um, you know what? You wouldn't change any of it, would you? I went not, out and played. Not a bit. Strapped up the pay, strapped up the knee. The minute, like every after every game, it was ice, just ice everything, kill the pain and just play on. But I wouldn't change one minute of it. No, and Salfadine is my best friend. But sure, look, that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> so we're, before you're not promoting, you're not promoting no, drug not, taking here. No, right? Definitely not, and it's it's a legal one, so it's fine. It's on the uh, it's on the the allowed drug list, so we won't we won't say anything more. Who would you like to see on the shot clock? Who would you like to sit here and get grilled the way you have been? <laughs> Another few women. Let's go. Um, yes. To try Susan Moran. I haven't reached out to Susan yet, no. I'd say Susan has a few great stories, like great stories. What about Suzanne McGuire as well? I have been in touch with Suzanne. Suzanne has agreed to come on. Oh, yeah. Like Suzanne, like a lot of the kids are well, there were kids back then, but you know, some went to the States and then came back. You know, some like I stayed here for all the time, um, kept playing. So I think maybe someone who went to the States and came back, like Suzanne went and came back, Karen Hennessy went and came back, Angie McNally, another one, went and came back. As I always say, Angie McNally was Lindsay Pete before Lindsay Pete was Lindsay Pete. Hundred percent agree with you. Hundred percent. I played with Lindsay. Like, oh my god. Or, sorry, I would have played with Angie. I was going to say Angie, but like Angie. Um. Oh my god. What a spirit. What a fight. She'd kill you. But it was all like, just want to win. So we all just wanted though. to win. She was so top. Everything. Every sport she turned her hand to. But she. She's yeah. Just, yeah. Lindsay's a modern day Angie. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I played with her. She was leaving. She'd leave training to go to soccer, to Irish soccer training, coming back then to play with Meteors, coming back then to get on a court with the Irish team. Um, yeah, no, she she could be a good one too, but she went to the States and came back too. So I'd love to get Angie on, actually. I have to say. It's hard, it's hard to get women on, believe it or not. Are you serious? Yeah. They're so busy. That's what's wrong. They all have they're all busy lives. We'll we'll say that, yeah, because because us men do nothing. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I'll be I'll be slaughtered now by all the lads that, that have been on. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's difficult to get the ladies on because like as you said, they are busy, you know what I mean? So it's it's trying to find a time where we can we can match up. But look, 
Jill, it's been amazing talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Um, hopefully, you'll get, get over to an Irish training session or two. Hang around outside with a microphone and, and shove yeah. through your players' faces and, and, and maybe do an outside broadcast of the podcast. But yeah. look, stay safe, enjoy your training, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you too. So there you have it, the Gillian Hayes episode. Um, I think people forget just how good Gillian was. She's won six leagues, three cups, four championships, one under 19 cups. She was named Irish Junior Player of the Year twice, Senior Player of the Year four times, and represented her countries at under 15, under 17, under 19, senior, and as you heard as well during the podcast, at the University Games in Sheffield. Great sitting down and catching up. Um, and an inspiration, I think, for all young athletes, young female athletes out there, that hard work pays off. And you too can be as good as Gillian or better if you put the work in. Um, look, head over to the Shot Clock podcast on Instagram to vote for Gillian's team. Um, it's Team Hayes versus, yeah, you've guessed it, it's Team Scully again. Um, Dave Donnelly, fair play to you. You ran her close. Um, maybe Emmett or Carl come on and, and we'll get Team Donnelly up against the remaining teams again. Um, on a more sombre note, as most of you may know by now, Neptune Basketball Club player Adam Drummond was involved in a serious accident during the week and has a long road of recovery ahead of him. And I feel that we, the basketball community, it's times like this where we pull together and, and show what we're worth and what we're made of. So I'm asking you, the Shot Clock podcast listener, to head over to the GoFundMe page. The link is in my Linktree bio on Instagram. And donate what you can and let's help Adam recover and hopefully we see him back on the court some someday. Um, Adam, this for you, uh, coming from me and everybody involved with St. Kevin's Knights Basketball Club, Fairhouse Basketball Club, and everyone here at Shot Clock Towers, um, we wish you well. We wish you a speedy recovery. Um, stay strong. You, you've been through adversity as a player before. You know mentally how to get through this. So... Just stick with it. Um, you're surrounded by people who love you and, and club mates and teammates who will help you through this. So, Adam, this is Jago saying to you, I'll see you on the court. Soon.